Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It's a lovely day here. It's beautiful. Uh, we're sitting here at the, uh, looking over the practice fields here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Steelers wrapping up day two of phase three of their OTA sessions here a little bit earlier. And uh, uh, we'd like to uh, thank uh, Wes Euler and Arthur Motes for uh, carrying you through those first three hours. We're going to yeah, take you yeah. through the next three hours. And, well, this is the exciting three hours. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm a little jealous of Wes and Arthur because we're looking at this lovely, you know, four fields, beautiful landscape. You know, a, a train will go by, a nice breeze, beautiful day. Maybe a helicopter flies that, over. Yeah, there was one birds. yesterday that was, yeah. I thought might come take us out. That's what and, we got to look at, though. <laughs> that's what we have to look at, though. Those two get three hours of a lot more When we're not staring lovingly into on. each other's eyes. That, too. Yeah. That, too. <laughs> so, we are here, um, <laughs> and we can't really tell you exactly what happened at, at practice, per se. But, you know, it's been a, a good, spirited two days, I'll tell you that. Uh, we've now seen a couple days of this, and I, I did want to get your opinion on this. I have some opinions of my own, but okay. any, has anything caught your eye in terms of anybody you look at and go, he looks different than he did last year, or, or anybody that, hmm. that, that that you say, well, he, he might be a little bit better than what I thought. Yeah, I'm sure there is some of that, and I remember walking up and standing next to Mike Pursuta, hey, Mike, how you doing? Boy, Najee looks bigger to me than I remember. He does. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, I'm not at every practice like you guys, and I don't see them in shorts and T-shirts every day like you guys do, but it stood out to me. I'm like, he's been working hard in the offseason. That's yeah. pretty clear. I mean, he looked thicker, more defined, harder to tackle. I mean, that stood out to me immediately. The, the legs to me are the are the like are, yeah yeah the difference, the thighs, the the way he's he carries the weight. Mm-hmm. Um, he may be the same exact weight that he was last year. Super sturdy, but yeah, he's right, just yeah. he just put together. Um, that to me though doesn't mean that I'm still not in favor of them signing a veteran running back. No, I'm with you. To I'm take some, you. something off of his plate, whether that be third downs or mm-hmm. short yardage or something. And, and there's, of course, there's other backs here, and they're working hard, and they look fine from what I've seen as well. But I think somebody that's been around the block, I mean, De- D'Angelo Williams is pie in the sky. But, yeah. I mean, you know, some version of that would be outstanding. It's just hard to hold up, you know. And it's I know 17 that games. 17 games yeah. and hopefully more. Um, you know, he's going to take such a beating. And we know Tomlin's history, going back to Lev Bell and others, that he's going to feed his top dog a high percentage of the time, which is great. Um, and I'm, I'm all for it. I think he can handle the workload as well as anyone out there. I mean, that's to me, is one of his greatest strengths, including in the passing game. But, boy, I mean, I just think the drop-off between him and what else is on the roster right now is too drastic. I agree, and I think, you know, you want – somebody who can and maybe it's not 12 games mm-hmm. but somebody who if, if if something were to happen for two games could handle right. those 25 touches yeah and i don't know that benny snell can't but i don't know that if benny snell is getting 25 touches that's what you want out of benny snell yeah my problem i've said this a few times it's been a while my problem with snell as a runner because his special teams value is obvious to those that yeah. know you know but I mean, a lot of people don't think about that but he has he has special teams value in all phases. Um, I think kind of like Harris, but in a much lesser version, one of the best things about Snell, if not the best thing, is his running mentality, his toughness, his ability to handle a big-time workload. You know, he went to a smaller school where every defense in the world's keying on him, 
and by the third and fourth quarter, he's getting the better of them as opposed to the other way around. He's a grinder. He is a grinder, yeah, yeah. And, and that's not always a compliment, but in his case, I use it as a compliment. But my problem with a grinder who's not as talented as Najee, who's kind of a grinder too, is I don't want to give the lesser version of the grinder enough grinds for him to make it worth it you know i mean i, I don't want him to be a 20 touch guy you yeah know? no i agree and and it's almost like you wouldn't mind and and maybe that's anthony mcfarland but i don't think you can count on anthony mcfarland at this point but you like how you would you'd like to have something different something mm-hmm. you, okay you got you got two fastballs here no no let's let's who's the curve yeah you know, who's your off-speed pitch and, and i have two thoughts on that too like we, we've mentioned some names that are out there, and you mentioned, like, Tariq Cohen, who unfortunately got hurt since yeah. we brought his Would have been up. great had he, you know. Not, yeah, right. Same thing with Philip Lindsay, who then signed yes. next week. Lindsay, Cohen I thought was really interesting, but I still might be in the market for a backup. You know, like, yeah. there's still not really a handcuff. I don't have a problem with Benny Snell. Is like you're if, – if it's him and somebody else who's yeah. who I know can get the job done. Okay. The problem is, to me, you've got Benny Snell on a guy that you don't know can, if he can do anything for you. Oh, exactly right. I mean, he's really hard to count on. Yeah. His, his pro career has been – there's nothing to go off of. And right. You, after a year, people people put up with that for a year. They're not going to put up with three. You yeah. know, I mean, it right. just get, it, the league moves by too fast. I don't know if he has anything left, but my favorite name that you brought up was David Johnson – because on his best day, or even his not-so-best day, he was a well-rounded, really good receiver. I want Najee to be the best version of David Johnson yeah. was five years ago well, or and, so. And I he think was, you know. even if you bring that guy in, let's say you bring him in at, at one or one and a half million dollars, mm-hmm. what he would serve then as a mentor. Right. I think there would be some some yeah. value to that. And could, the offense as a whole. So yeah. I mean, who's who's Najee Harris going to right now to, to ask? Okay, in you know when when this happens, what do I do? When they're keying mm-hmm. on this, how do I how do I you know adjust from that? Right. The I mean, coaching not, staff is obviously a, a big part. Yeah, of that, but you like but, to talk to dudes your age that are on the field uh, that are in as, the weight room. And, as you Mike know. Tomlin says, I've been there, done that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there aren't many on offense in general, and, and it does seem like that would be valuable. Again, that D'Angelo Williams would be perfect. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, at the time, I even threw out Melvin Gordon as a name. You know, and looking back on it, I, I wouldn't have hesitated to sign him at what he ended up spent. You know, that what yeah. the Broncos end up spending to keep him. He's not a superstar, but if he's 80% of what he once was and is carrying the ball 70% of the time of what he used to, there's value in that. And I think that's one of the holes on the roster right now. Yeah, I think if you want to run the ball better, well, there's two sides to this. Mm -hmm. The Steelers want to run the ball better than they did a year ago. That doesn't mean more. No, it doesn't mean more. Like, I think some I've, of I've been asked that question a lot. Like, oh, you know, do you think Najee Harris is going to be able to handle more of a workload this year? We had a pretty heavy workload last year. He led the NFL in touches. <laughs> I no mean, it can't go up much right. more than that. Exactly. <laughs> and even in the passing game, I think on a per-game basis, only Alvin Kamara had more receptions per, you know, piece of the bigger piece of the pie as yeah. a receiver, you know. Um, a big key to me, and I feel like I'm picking on Ben, but – they they got to get you know defenders out of the box. Yeah, yeah. I mean the passing game and attacking more of the field will make running the ball easier. Where I felt like they were trying to run to set up the long balls and stuff like that. Where I feel like they should throw 
in order to get people to get favorable box counts, you know, throw to run. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think if they are, if they're able to do that and connect on some of those things early, yeah. Um, it changes the dynamic completely. And they don't have to be 50 yard plays. Yeah. I mean, the 12 yard, you know, hitches and stuff over the middle and crossers and things like that, that are, you know, outside the short zones. So if you get Najee Harris averaging 4.4 yards a carry, which isn't Oh, you take uh, that though. Yeah, which isn't massive, that. but it's a it's a half yard more than what he averaged mm-hmm. last year. Because he probably won't break an eighty or ninety to see right. those anyways. You but know, if he's you know. consistently getting those, you know, those, those yeah. gains like that, um, it goes, it goes a long way. I can live with second and six and second yeah. and five, you yeah. know, without a doubt, all day long. Yeah, I mean, if you if this and the other thing too, again, not picking on Ben, if this if the ball carriers, and I don't know what the team as a whole averaged per carry. But Trubisky's going to get. I mean, the he's quarterbacks gonna, are going to. He's going to give you twenty yards a game, rushing. right? 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 I mean, teams like the Eagles and obviously Baltimore. It, everyone talks about you know how good their running game is, and it's great. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from that. But when your quarterback is breaking off twelve yard runs, even on passing plays, yeah. it's when your quarterback's some of your giving running. you fifty yards rushing per game, you're going to lead the league in rushing. <laughs> you're lead the league in rushing, <laughs> right? And you're going to average a lot per carry. And some of them aren't designed rushes, and some of them are where, you know, we talked about options and things like that, too, where, you know, it, it, everyone knows Ben's not keeping it. You know, yeah. You know, it just makes – a couple of the biggest – Chris Johnson, and, and I'm not suggesting any of these guys are Vince Young or Michael Vick, you know, in terms of running abilities that are here now. But Chris Johnson got the 2,000 yards when Vince Young was a quarterback. Yeah. It's so hard to crash down because they were so scared of him. You know, Warwick Dunn and T.J. Duckett combined for a ton of yards because everyone was petrified of Vic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, I mean, yeah. So I think there will be a ripple effect just from a running threat from the quarterback that will benefit Najee. They got five yards rushing out of their – well, actually, they got – I should say they got 58 yards rushing out of their quarterbacks last year. Wow. Five from Ben on 20 carries. Okay. They're probably <laughs> falling forward on third and one and things and, like that. And too. 53 from Mason Rudolph on five carries. Didn't he have one long, sort of long he had, one? He had a couple of long ones. He had, he had the, the long, well, no, Harris had a 37-yard rush, but he had the second longest run on the team last year, a 26-yarder. Okay. Um, and Mason Rudolph's not a, a, a plus athlete in no, quarterback no, position. No, no, no. I mean, the other two guys Mitch are better Tr- Mitch Trubisky is a, is a, is a, a, plus, leg- yeah. a legit running quarterback, a, yep. a plus runner at the quarterback position. So you're going to see Najee Harris could finish with the same 1,200 yards this year that he had last year. Mm-hmm. But last year he did it on 307 carries. But he earned every one of them. It too. could be <laughs> you know? he could have 1,200 yards on 280 carries this year, mm-hmm. and the Steelers would still be a better running team because they're going to get more out of the the quarterback position. And then you look at the How ancillary. Many carries did you say the Steelers had from the quarterback position last year? Like uh, 10 or 25. something. 25. 25. Okay. And, a lot, and so a lot of those are kneel downs. I say they have yeah. to be kneel downs too. Yeah. I, I bet they get 100. It'll be between, I'll bet it's uh, maybe not between that 75, yeah. 50, around 75, I'll bet. Okay, yeah, five a game maybe, yeah. four a game, something yeah. like that. Hey, that makes sense. And half of them designed, you know. Yeah. yeah. But some of them are also pass plays that don't work. Well, everyone's playing man coverage. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has done this for a million years. Are you going to turn your back to me on third and seven? I'm going to get eight yards, slide, pop well, up, first down. Well, that's going to be the thing. You know? That's a weapon. You talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. Dictates coverage. Deontay Johnson's right. work against man coverage. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers, I can't. I haven't been able to find the numbers on this. And I know it's, they got to be out there somewhere. The the amount of man coverage they faced had to be one of the highest totals in the league. It has to be because yeah. you know that. Yeah. 
first of all, they're throwing everything short. Yes. So the ball's coming out quick, so you don't want to be in a zone. Right. Secondly, you know the quarterback's going to be in the pocket. Right. So there's no reason to play zone and keep eyes on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's going to change. Well, the the article we cited, I think it was last week, was from Pro Football Focus, and they, they did a, a study on the top receivers versus man coverage over the last two years yeah. combined. And Deontay was high on the list, but it, it's the – it's Devontae Adams. I mean, it's it's the best receivers yeah, in the right. league. You no, know, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's a shocking. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> and, and just as a side note, I mean, when I was hired as a scout for the Browns, and I sat down with the receiver coach, like when you get a new, you, 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 we kind of did a rounds, and we spent like half a day within each receiver in each position room. He told me eight thousand times, and any scout I've ever talked to since, watch every snap of man coverage you can for college receivers because they don't get many of them, and that's what separates the men from the boys in this league. And that's a huge thing that Deontay has going for him. But the thing I remember from that, that Pro Football Focus article was not only was he good, I mean, well above average, near the top, not elite, but near the top, but they said he faced the most snaps of man coverage over the last two years of any receiver in the league. Yeah. That's hard. Which leads to, <laughs> That's which, hard. Which exactly to what I'm point. saying. Right, right. They face man coverage more often than not. So when people talk about, well, the Steelers receivers don't get any separation, mm-hmm. that's why. That's a big part you're of playing it. Right. All, you're playing nothing but man-to-man defense. You're not going to get as, as much separation as guys are facing a lot of zone. Right, and they know the ball's coming out quick. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole key is. They're going to get up in your face, right. and they're going to they're press you because they know more likely than not the ball's coming out within six yards of the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, 100%. And it's coming out in 2.3 seconds. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that anyone can cover for 2.3 seconds, but that's a heck of a lot different than three seconds. Yeah. I mean, it's an eternity when you're a corner. And, and you know, the, you know that there's not going to be a lot of second reaction plays, old school Ben stuff. You know, right. shrug a guy off, AB shrugs, you know, playing it, playing man coverage roll against out to Ben the right, and AB in their roll, prime. Roll back around to the left and you're, you know. Yeah, right. That's and not happening. And it's just me and AB <laughs> 60 yards down the field. I'm in trouble, you know. So, yeah, that's a big part of it too. And when defense, when you become predictable, I mean, that's to me what predictability is. It's not like, oh, they run, run, pass, or they, you know, everyone knows what plays are coming. It's just you, you can't attack a defense you can't make the defense do things they don't want to do, you know? Yeah, and getting back to the original concept here of Najee Harris, if you're facing more zone coverages, mm-hmm. you won't see as many men in the box. That's probably very true, very you true. Know, and because in man coverage, somebody's responsible for the back. Mm-hmm. So he's he's doing nothing but watching the running back. So yep, he's yep, yep. as soon as the run as the running back gets the ball, he's you know he's crashing the line. Mm-hmm. If everybody's in man coverage, they see. You know, you're you're attacking yeah. the line of scrimmage, and a lot of those guys, if they know it's a zone drop, their first step is immediately going to be backwards. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And they might be more manipulated by play action and right. things like that. All too. that stuff. Here's a total side note that's not Steeler related, but it kind of distresses the difference between man and zone. Like the Ravens are really in an interesting predicament right now. Like when they went all in on Lamar after his rookie year, their receivers. We talk about the receivers all the time. They thought. We're never going to see man coverage, right? You know, because we have Lamar Jackson as our quarterback, so we're not going to invest that heavy in receivers that are man beaters. We're going to do other things, and then they made a change and realized people are starting to play a little man against us. We're going to invest in some of these guys, but they didn't hit it real hard. And then what happened is all of a sudden, and it started with Coach Flores, to be honest with you, with the Dolphins. They and they also realized no one's going to blitz us. No one's going to blitz right. us. No one's going to play man coverage. Well, Coach Flores said, 
I'm going to do both like crazy and see how you handle it and make Lamar process unbelievably quick. Where Ben was a quick processor, right. but he certainly isn't Lamar as an athlete. Yeah. Like those two quarterbacks couldn't have been any different. So now, and Lamar was hurt a lot after that Miami game, but teams are blitzing the Ravens with six and seven guys and playing man coverage behind it. And their receivers can't beat man coverage to save their life. I mean, that's one of the reasons Marquise <laughs> Brown's gone, yeah, too. Right. I mean, he's not getting off press coverage. And it shocked me. You know, we've kind of talked about it on the surface. I can't believe they didn't do more at the receiver position. It feels like they should have been the team that went and got Amari Cooper. You know, like yeah. someone like that that's just a stable guy that's beaten man consistently over a stretch, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. So it's 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 interesting. Um, you know, we'll see. But the Steelers see a lot of man back. The Steelers, yeah, right. the Steelers have seen a lot of man in the last couple of years, and that again, I think, affects the way you run the football. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And they're also not spying the quarterback with right. linebackers or things like yeah, that. Things too, are, you know, anybody right, right. that everybody is dedicated to one of their skill position players on offense. Yeah, I mean, it's either you know the, the, your immediate thought and what's drilled into you. I'm sure Steelers week if you're the opponent is come up and smash the short throws and hit Deontay as much as possible and, you know, maybe the ball pops out or he drops it or whatever. Yeah. And, again, that goes back to his drops, too, is they're always in tight quarters against right. big people. Gonna, <laughs> you know, it's different than, you know, running deep downfield or key the run. You know, like, let's not let Harris run all over us. If they can beat us through the air and pick us apart, especially down the field, so be it. You right. Know? Yeah. And it's, it's hard to do. Yeah. And so, you know, I can't count the number of times – and. When the ball was snapped against the Steelers, or when the Steelers snapped the ball, I should say, that very oftentimes you would see 10 defenders within five yards of the line yeah. of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to run into that. And to me, like, the box is a misnomer because it's not like it's a draw. Right, up. And, yeah. You know, I mean, you can be a strong safety. Like, Cam Chancellor was that guy. Like, maybe he's not in the box, but he's slightly off and yeah. he's key in the downhill he's, run yeah he's seven instead of being 10 yards back he's seven yeah 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 but he's coming forward <laughs> but he's coming yeah you know yeah. and he's playing run first or, you and know, your corners like are that. also you know your corners aren't backed off playing playing you know zone on the edges mm-hmm. they're up in the, in the in the face of the corner and of the uh the wide receivers right. and he, so you're gonna they can at least that. force things inside right you know, on an outside run and things and like if they that see it's well. a run they're going to try to come in and, and shoot and, and, and set, mm-hmm. set the edge well, that's not going to happen, though. A, a misnomer, the two, is, boy, they're, they're running against eight-man fronts. Well, nobody's in base personnel on offense anymore. I mean, it, it, when, when you do box counts, when you do loaded fronts, it's really, are we even, are we plus one, or are we minus one? Right. I mean, I think you'll hear media, TV people talk about that a lot more. Like, how did they run versus when they had as many blockers as they had defenders in the box? Or if we're plus one or if we're minus one? That's really how the league's looking at things now because, you know, you have three receivers on the – you're never going to have eight guys in the box that often, <laughs> you know. But to your point, you often, no matter even, – even though the Steelers were in three receivers so many times, they still had a lot of people in the box. You know, eight, still a lot often of, eight yeah, or nine. It was very crowded. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was rush hour traffic mm-hmm. within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage all the time. All the time. And the, the biggest trend in defenses right now are two high shells, don't allow the explosive plays – we're going to be minus one in the box, and we're going Darren to put, run you. Yeah, and but we're going to get Jordan Davis now, yeah. you know, and we can live being minus one in the box defensively if we have studs up front. Well, teams weren't playing the Steelers that way, though. No. Why would you play too high safety with a light box against that front? You know, against the that same you know Steeler attack last year. So they were just too easy to play against. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so I think that will change this year. Could uh, lead to big things for Najee Harris. 
Um, I agree. You know, in terms of, uh, you know, he had 381 touches last year. Yeah. I'd like that to go down. But if it's right around 350, I'm mm-hmm. okay with that. I mean, that's what he's here to do. Yeah. I mean, you don't look at him like, let's save him for his eighth year in the league. Right. I mean, unfortunately, but if it's, use those if guys. But if it's and... 280 rushes, rushing attempts mm-hmm. in the same, you know, 74, 75 passes that he caught last year, I'm, that, that's... I'm fine with that. That right, sounds right, about right. right. Yeah. Again, I'd love to have the D'Angelo Light come take, you know, some of those. Yeah. You know, just one one series of game that Harris would have had that this guy takes. If it's I don't sh- see if him it's on short yardage or if it's it's third and twenty two, I don't want to ha- have him back there. Okay, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna either take this dump off pass, you're gonna block somebody, chip somebody, and then dunk, go out and, dunk, and catch a dump off pass. We can have this guy do that. We're probably not mm-hmm. gonna get the first down here. Or even hey. Najee, I don't care what the game situation is. In this, our sixth series, you're going to sit on the bench. You know, you, you're going to be the first five, start to finish. That was always a Lev Bell thing. It was yeah. like, I, I was very guilty of this because I was very, you know, I would be critical of Tomlin. Like, you're using this guy up too much. And I think you've said it and others said it. And you think about it like, well, there's no one on the, in the backfield that's better in protection, short yardage, <laughs> running the ball, receiving any facet of yeah, running back play. Right. And that's what's going on here, too. So it's almost like. We're going to hide your helmet for one series a game and give it to this guy, but I'm not sure who that guy is right now. Well, I think it was Pro Football Focus that rated Najee Harris as the worst first-round draft pick last year. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I don't I want to talk about that. We're going to go through okay. last year's first round in the next segment. We're, okay. going to, we're going to talk about who would be worse, who was a worse pick than Najee Harris. We'll do that when we return. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to a live edition of The Drive here at the Steelers OTA Sessions at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. We'll be back with more right after this. And we are back. I am Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. This is a live edition of The Drive here at Steelers OTA Sessions at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Matt, we were talking about Najee Harris before the uh, – before the break there, and, uh, well, actually the whole first segment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mentioned that uh, a couple weeks ago, Pro Football Focus released something, I believe it said that Najee Harris was the worst first-round draft pick in in last year's draft. And, they, and they're saying that after a year after of a year. knowledge, a yes. year of data. One thing I wanted to talk about slightly before we get there, that we just ran out of time, and this will go – you know, rebut that a little bit too, because I'm sure they're so analytical. I mean, they're an analytical site. Running the ball is not as important as is passing the football. You don't draft running backs high. I mean, we know all those theories out there, and I'm sure that's going to be the you know the crux of their argument. And you mentioned you know 15 minutes ago or whatever that Najee caught what 16 or 60 some balls, 74, 74, yes. okay. And I still think he's. Not, I'm not saying he's going to catch a hundred. But I still think he's scratching the surface of what he can be as a receiver. I mean, a high percentage of those were dump-offs, were screens, were passes, Leonard Fournette catches. You know, I mean, they weren't routes. You know, the the Lev Bell, David Johnson, I'm thinking about backs that are more than 220 pounds. I'm not pulling out the McCaffreys of the world that could, you know, could be the slot. I, I You know, you saw it a ton in camp and even like one year ago on these fields in minicamp. They would detach him and run slants and things like yeah. that, you know, run receiver routes. He didn't do much of that in his rookie year. I think his degree of difficulty of receptions and his ability to catch well away from his frame and over his head and you know, his long arms, 
is going to shock people, you know, that didn't see it live. Yeah. Uh, actually, what, where that was said, it was Pro Football Focus's Brad Spielberger called Najee Harris the worst first-round draft pick of 2021. Really? I, I just don't know. I've never heard of Brad Spielberger. I don't know him either, but that's yeah. fair enough. It's typical Pro Maybe Football Focus. Maybe he's trying to make a name for himself. Apparently. You know? uh, so let's go through this first round, and you tell me better or worse pick than Najee Harris. Trevor Lawrence at number one. I mean, it's, it's – Yeah, it is what it is. Right. Zach Wilson at, at pick two. I mean, he wouldn't have been the quarterback I took there. I, I probably would have taken Fields at the time. I have a lot of worries about Wilson. I mean, yeah. he – my big worry – I had two huge worries of Wilson coming out of BYU was he's a small person. You know, he you know, like Matt Corral, we he talked He was like this lot. entire draft almost. Yeah, this year, right, right, this right. This year's draft. And he had full-grown men blocking for him at BYU against lesser competition – and he got to sit there and pat the football. But, and, Matt, he made know. all those throws in his pro day where right, he was throwing across right. his body and stuff. That's that great. doesn't happen in the NFL. Right. That's sugar on top. You yeah. know, that, that's the cherry. Everyone wants the next Mahomes that way. Well, Mahomes is a quick processor, gets the ball out on time. You yeah. know, like he does the quarterback stuff. Yeah. Trey Lance was the third pick. Who knows? Yeah. You don't know. I mean, he played uh, six games last year. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, though, he, I mean, he needs to see the field. Yes. Like now. Yeah. Or, or, you know, nothing. He's like he's becoming Jordan Love before your eyes, you know. Kyle Pitts. I uh, love Kyle Pitts. 68 catches for 1,026 yards. Only one touchdown last year. Um, I think he's going to be a transcendent superstar. Yeah. You know. I, I agree. It, but he didn't have the best rookie year. No. And he's going to get a lot of attention. Yeah. You know, he's not going to sneak up on anybody. I heard some people that are in the know with the Falcons. And they drafted Jake London. And one's a tight end and one's a receiver. Great. But a lot of people think London's going to be the slot and Pitts is going to be the outside guy. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. if they race, Pitts is going to win. Yes. He's just that special. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase was Jamar Chase. 81 catches for 1455 and 13 Stuck. touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Waddell, solid rookie year. Oh, yeah. Four catches, uh, 1,015 yards, six touchdowns. I know this isn't the conversation we're having, but the Steelers didn't have a chance at any of these right, guys yeah. either, by the way. It's not like an either-or thing. That's, you know, that's you know. exactly the case. But, you know, to your Jets' point – is that a bad pick? It doesn't look great. I yeah. mean, one year from now, we'll probably know the answer yes or no. I mean, if I were a betting man right now, I would say that two years from now, the Jets are going to be moving on from Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's I mean, the way it looks. There's three or four, Tua, Wilson, that... And I'm not sold on Trey Lance yet either. I don't know how you would be. Yeah. You know, I mean, they just don't know any more about him now than then. Uh, Panay Sewell went to seven uh, to Detroit. Okay, yeah. great really pick. Yep. J.C. Horn, solid pick. Patrick Sertain, solid pick. Uh, Devontae Smith was okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's – I'd rather Waddle. I I liked Waddle better coming out. Um, but I think Smith is a real high-end two, like a yeah. better Alave or, yeah. you know, somebody like that. Uh, we both like Justin Fields. I don't have a problem with that pick, sure. even though he didn't play I mean, he was up and great. down, too. Yeah, and I didn't mean, get that, much that, help, that's either, help either. what happens with rookie quarterbacks, and this year might be even worse for him. Micah Parsons at 12 was uh, Michael Parsons. Unbelievable, yeah. yeah. Uh, 64 tackles, 13 sacks. Rashawn Slater was great. He was great. Uh, at 13. Elijah Vera Tucker at 14 was solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's gonna be, I think he'll be a long-time guard that goes to Pro Bowl. Honestly, you know? if you look at this draft. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, then you have Mac Jones In a way, at 15. Remember yeah. the Cam Newton, J.J. Watt, you know. Yeah, 2011 draft. All the bad picks were quarterbacks. They were like yeah. Ponder and Locker yeah. in, you know. Uh, and every other one was a hit. Like and all these position the, players, the Steelers to get Cam Hayward down in the you know yeah. the thirty. Yeah, and I'm not <laughs> saying all the quarterbacks that were rookies last year are going to be busts, but the position players around them are strong. Yeah, real strong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you had Mac Jones at fifteen. 
He had a good year. Yeah. yeah. Um, not as good as some people might lead Agreed. you to believe. And, and like, people the, were talking about him like, oh, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. I don't know about that. He had 3,800 passing yards and 22 touchdowns with 13 interceptions. The first half of the year was a lot better than the second yeah. half of the year, It was too. not – and I don't know that it's going to get any better. Like, who's coaching him this year? That's one of the things, too, about Jones to me is is – is he going to have a lot of years like that or 10% better, but yeah. not 30% better? You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Zayvon Collins at 16. He didn't. He had 13 tackles last year. That was a – I mean, to me, that's a bad pick. After after one year, it doesn't mean his career's right. written. And, you know, but we, 13, we talk about Bush yeah, He lot. played all 17 games, too, by the way. Yeah, but he didn't start any of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they – He was making a big jump up. He was making a big jump up, and he was a traits guy. He's yeah. 6'5", and has all kinds of athleticism and, you know, combine numbers. But I also have some questions with the Cardinals' approach and coaching staff, because that's two years in a row they drafted a, quote, linebacker that was really a safety or a D-end, yeah. and they did it with Hassan Reddick. Like, these guys that can do so much, and they never really found a home, or some of that's not helping your guys adjust, too. You know, yeah. Isaiah Simmons is who I was talking about the year before, you know. This next guy was the worst pick in the first round. The worst pick in the first round. Alex Leatherwood to the Raiders mm. at, at pick 17 was the worst pick in the first round. I mean, even the second the, the words came out of the commissioner's mouth, most of us were like, oh, boy. Couldn't know. play right tackle. I think, he, no. I think he started the first four games at right tackle and had seven penalties. Mm-hmm. Then they they kicked him inside the guard, and he had seven more penalties. Yeah, yeah. He's not a good football player. And I'm sure we'll talk Raiders at some point. And, and you know, people think the Raiders and Steelers are on the same tier. And I guess I can get that. They're both playoff teams that were borderline playoff teams yeah. last year. Their O-line is worrisome, though. Is They're really counting worrisome. on him as a starter again They're this year, as they show with a first-round draft Right, pick. and he's shown nothing to believe that. I yeah, mean, we thought he was a top 50 pick-ish. If you know he I mean? would, Yeah, right. He shouldn't have gone in the first round. If he he left that game against the Steelers, I think it was late in the first quarter. Yes. And Watt had already drawn like two penalties on him and had a sack. I was going to say that. Almost, it was going to be ugly. That almost felt like a mercy <laughs> rule. Like, why don't you uh, pull a hamstring or whatever? Because this is not going well for you at all. He was going to be eaten alive in that yeah. game. And I bet us at the time when we were broadcasting the draft, as well as many GMs in the league, were like, oh. I didn't think he'd go before we picked. Right. Great. We're yeah, fantastic. Yeah. It's like we moved up a spot in the draft. You yeah. Know? I right. mean, I, yeah. I never had. That's a typical no. Raider pick, you know. Jalen Phillips uh, to Miami at 18. He had eight and a half sacks as a rookie. Yeah. He was Only my 23 favorite tackles. Edge. He was my but... favorite edge guy of that class. I still have a lot of hopes for him. I think he'll be a good one. More of a, a situational pass rusher right now, though. Yes. But he's a bigger body guy. Yeah. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, Jamin Davis at 19. Didn't have the he, no, he played he sixteen games, forty eight tackles, one sack, but didn't make the impact that I, that I thought he would. He might be the best example of you know we've used a lot of examples of young, high pedigree first round linebackers struggling, and we're referring to Bush, of yeah. course. You know, Davis. I mean, all the Washington folks were like, "Well, linebacker is one of our biggest needs." Like he took one in the first round last year. Yeah, right. He I took mean, one. Yeah. They think he's more of like a, a an old school four three. Levante David. Off ball. Yeah, yeah. you know, running wow. hits. Weak Derek side Brooks, guy. You yeah. know, that that type of guy. And that's great, but, you know, that, you don't use first-round pick on that guy unless they're special, special. Yeah. Kadarius Toney went at 20. He's a weird one. He had 39 catches for 420 yards in 10 games. I didn't like him at all coming out of Florida and thought he was overdrafted. 
because I think he's really a gadget guy. He's not a route runner. Yeah. But I will say there was two or three games in a Giants they uniform. They just force-fed him the football because they had nobody else. Everybody he, else was hurt. Yeah. But he moves differently than others. I mean, he is really, really talented. There might be a knucklehead factor there, though, too, because he <laughs> never really became a route runner in yeah. Florida. There, there, there was talk of the offseason. They were talking about right. trading him. This new staff's not happy with him yeah. immediately. You know, like, what's going on here? I mean, so who knows? Uh, Quiddy Pay to Indianapolis at 21. Um, Did he miss a fair amount of time? He, no, he played 15 games. Did he play all 15? Okay. Finished with 16 tackles and four sacks. Mm-hmm. And people were talking about him like, oh, Quiddy Pay's going to be like. Yeah. I mean, they're, they, they, they traded for Nadokway. And I think a lot of people were kind of putting the, the cart before the horse saying, oh, they got their edge guys now. They're set. I don't know what they do. Yeah. I, he needs to step up. Showed some promise. but he Yeah, I don't dislike him. But, he, you know, he's got a way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb Farley at 22. Only played in three games. And I don't I, I, I mean, that's a bad pick. I mean, there's no way around it. He was very talented. Yeah. Had the injury issues. You know what? The, you knew what they were going into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they obviously were okay with, with taking him there. Uh, but the he's you know the Titans should expect more from him this year. Yeah, I mean for people who don't remember, most thought just on the field on his best day he's a top five or ten pick. You know one of the best corners. He's right there with Sauce Gardner types. You yeah. know, and, and I see that. But as, to your point, and the Titans do this a lot. They bet. They went to the roulette wheel and said we're going to bet on black and hope that the injuries aren't a problem. Well, after one year, it came up red. You yeah, know, I mean, right. like they lost. I mean, and like where where Simmons, they sat him six games or something in a similar situation, and they hit on that roulette spin, yeah. and he came back and was great. But right. Farley hasn't done that yet, and will he? Who knows? His college teammate Christian Derisaw went next, and also at Tennessee used a second round pick on a corner again this year, again this which year, isn't yeah. a ring endorsement. No. for Farley, right? Uh, but Christian Derisaw played in twelve games last year. Was Okay, in the mm-hmm. games that he played in. And, and and he's a left tackle. And let's not forget, I mean, he was the name that if he was still there when it was Najee or him, yeah. I was like, ooh, that would have been a tough that call. A tough that call. would have been a tough yeah. call for, at least for you and I. You know? Yeah. And he was good. He got better as the season went on. Yeah. Then you had Her- Najee Harris at 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, 307 carries, 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns, 74 catches for 467 yards, three touchdowns. So over 1,600, almost 1,700 total yards, mm-hmm. 10 touchdowns. Uh, on 380 touches, contrasted to Travis Atn, the pick right after him, who didn't play it down. Didn't play down. Got hurt this time of year, I think. Yeah. And, and remember, his mini camps, and again, this was an odd coaching staff, and that's being kind. <laughs> he was lining up at receiver in mini camp yeah. exclusively, which I immediately thought, boy, is that dumb. And then I thought, well, running backs might not need – as much you don't get as much done here as a running back right. as a receiver in minicamp. There's no contact, no one's blocking for you. I'm like, oh, that's a unique way, and that's before I realized Urban Meyer's bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a receiving back and a, an explosive yeah, guy. Yeah, he, he took a receiving back in the first round. Right, right. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, that's a worse pick than Najee Harris. Yes, even if yes. he had played, he wouldn't have put up the same numbers as Najee Harris. And to be frank, you and I like Javante Williams, who was drafted just outside the first round, right. much better than ATN. Yes. You know, Williams yeah. versus Harris was a conversation right. for us. Not Absolutely. The, right, right. Absolutely. I, I, I clearly had ATN third on that list. Easily, right. Yeah. Um, so I can't say, you know, I, again, even if he, even if Travis ATN had played last season, he might have had 74 catches. Maybe. It, I mean, I certainly would bet the under. But he would not have had 1,700 total yards. No, 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 no. Not anything close to that. No. Uh, Greg Newsom went at 26. I think he's going to be a quality corner. 
He, tw- he played 12 games forever. last year. Yeah. 33 tackles, no interceptions. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think Ward's Batman and he's Robin. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, and that's fine. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they're happy with that combination. Uh, Rashad Bateman then went at 27. He had 46 catches for 515 yards and one touchdown in 12 games last year. But he was injured early as well. Yeah. Everything was late with him. All signs point to that they think he's their one. You know, the, the people in the know yeah. seem to love him. But what's, I mean, what's his right. upside as a one in that offense? Yeah, but I don't think he's a dynamic one. You yeah, know, I think no, I don't think he – I mean, if you were ranking the number one receivers for each team in the league, mm-hmm. he would be certainly in the bottom Oh, very third. low, yeah. very low. I kind of look at him trying to – he might have a Amari Cooper-like career at best. At best, At yeah. best, you know what I mean? Like a, a quality player, um, not a true one. When he's 27 years old and you put his name up on your fantasy board, no one goes, oh, man, I want to – you know, it's like, yeah. When it comes time for his fifth-year option. Yeah. Or even, you know, for a second contract, is Baltimore going to be like, yeah, we got to have him back. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you're going to look at it and go, yeah, we need to do better than that. Probably. Or he's a two. Yeah. Um, Frankly, I think we'll know a lot more about him. A year from now. Yeah. No, know, there's no or, doubt. You know, no, I mean, I like now, the player. You know. Yeah, I do too. But I just don't know that the opportunities are going to be great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's going to start getting number – you know, last year when he played, Hollywood Brown got the, got number one type attention. Mm-hmm. He rolled the safety to his side. Right. He and had Andrews, Andrews to worry about. And, right, right, Well, right. now he's going to get more of the attention. He's going to get – Oh, yeah. yeah. So Especially if he does a couple good games early in the season. Yeah. And, you know, 100%. Uh, at 28, New Orleans took Peyton Turner out of Houston. He had nine tackles and one sack in five games last year. Yeah, so he was another injured one, though. Yeah. That was an odd pick for them. They love those huge defensive ends. Yeah. Uh, at 20, that, you can't say it's a good pick. No, you can't say it's a good pick. No, right. At 29. Uh, uh, and it's not like in a Jabo situation where, well, this year he's ready to explode. Right. You know, like, he, that was he, kind of a reach. Yeah, so he, he was never going to be a top 20 was, pick yeah, anyway. Yeah, right. You know, healthy. Uh, Peyton Turner, or I'm sorry, Eric Stokes went to uh, Green Bay to 29. Uh, played in 16 games, mm-hmm. 43 tackles, one interception. People probably don't know a lot about Stokes, but I would take him over Newsom. I think he's a really good young player. Very talented, and yeah. I didn't Runs love well. him coming out of Georgia, but he had a better season than I thought. But he's the two with Jari Alexander there. Right, yeah. Uh, at 30, Buffalo took Gregory Rousseau. Uh, mm-hmm. Played in all 17 games, 42 tackles, four sacks last year. I'm not knocking Rousseau, and I think it's a fine pick, but they've used a lot of early picks the last two years on edge guys because their next pick was an edge guy. Yeah. And I think they used a second-round pick the year before on an edge. And then I think they finally said, this isn't really working. Let's go sign Von Miller. How about we just do that? Right, right, right. And he can coach We want them to be Von Miller. How about we just sign Von Miller? sign Von Miller. We're trying to win this thing instead <laughs> of developing him. I think that was their approach this year. Uh, then Baltimore at 31 took uh, Owe. Uh, with their second yeah. first round draft, I know pick. he's a work in progress, but there's a lot of talent there. Fifteen games, twenty three tackles, five sacks. Mm-hmm. Okay, you and know, they're we, counting on him to be their. I think he's their their fastball. Yeah, I mean, they're their go to pitch. I don't know if he'll ever be that, but he might hit. You know, yeah. I mean, he's, there's a lot of ability there. And then at thirty two, Tampa took uh, Joe Tryon Shoenka. Uh, yeah. In in uh, 17 games, 21 tackles, four sacks, was a part time player for them. I know there's a lot of optimism in him to be. Yeah, Pierre Paul's replacement. Yeah. yeah, that's why they drafted him, knowing that they couldn't bring back Barrett and P- Pierre Paul. So his time is more now. But he flashed. He's a good player. But overall, it was a good first round. Yeah, it really. I was. can't say that Najee Harris was even close to being the worst pick in the. I think the he's first closer round. to being the best pick than the worst pick. I would agree with you that. I, mean, I yeah. don't think. I think he's somewhere in the middle of the road. People get caught. Here's the problem I have with the analytics crowd. 
they get caught up strictly in the analytics. Right. right. It can't just be about analytics. You have no. to factor both things in. Need factors in. Mm-hmm. Like if if the Steelers didn't draft Najee Harris at, at, at pick 24 last year, who the hell was carrying the football for him? Right. I mean, not only that, but I think last year at this time, or last year's draft, they had today in mind. Post-Ben yeah. is what I'm talking like about. Like who would you like, rather have of that group after them? Maybe Eric Stokes or Greg Newsom? Yeah. Okay, I could I could get on board with that, but Bateman, Turner, Rousseau, Owe, Shoyanka, no. even going into the top of the second round, Tyson Campbell. You know, no, I, you he, know, I mean he's nothing to write home about. Elijah Moore, we gonna take another tiny receiver? Like, right? I, I like the player. I mean Javante Williams, but then you're talking about another running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's an argument right now. Would you trade Najee for Javante? I can make an argument for both, to be honest yeah. with you. I, mean, I like Javante Williams. A lot. I, we loved him. There yeah. were times last year where I looked at it and said, he's my number one back. Mm-hmm. You know, frankly, if you, we didn't have this advantage, but if there was an offer on the table to move from 24, that's where Najee was picked, right? 24 down to 35 if, with Javante Williams. If he, someone offered the Steelers, you know, hey, we'll give you a future second if you go to 33, I would have been just as happy. That would have been better, yeah. you know, because you got something else. But yeah, they didn't know that, you know. So, I'm uh, uh, – I mean, just because Javante's good doesn't mean Harris is bad. Right. You know what I mean? Right. No, I agree completely. Uh, we got to take another break. We're up against it here. Uh, he is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex here at Steelers OTA Sessions. We'll be back with more right after this. And we are back. I am Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We are live from Steelers OTA sessions here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. And, Matt, I just want to run over real quick here um, the list of, of receivers last year. And guys in, in, in that rookie draft class who caught more passes than Najee Harris. Oh, I bet there's not many. Right. It was Waddle with 104. And you talk about short, you know, average up the target. A lot yeah. of them are right at the line of scrimmage, you know, right? Amon Ross, St. Brown, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had 90 catches for the, but 912 yards. He really stepped up at the end of the year. Yeah. He, he's a good player, I think. Uh, Jamar Chase had 81 catches. Okay. Yeah. And then you had Najee Harris with 74. Wow. He had so the fourth most catches. rookies, right. More than Pitts, too? So More than Pitts. Pitts okay. had 68, yeah. Wow. So he had his 1,200 rushing yards were more than 200 yards more than the next closest running rusher mm-hmm. in last year's draft. Andy. Elijah Mitchell actually finished with 963, more than Javante Williams. Who had nine, that makes sense. With 903. He had some long ones, too, yeah. and he was the true number one. And then it dropped off to Michael Carter at 639, Chuba Hubbard at 612. Is it Chuba or Chuba? I call him Chuba. I do, too. But I wouldn't bet every dollar I own that I'm right. Yeah. And then Ramondre Stevenson had 606. Stevenson's one of my favorite backs in that class, too. I think he's a good player, too. Yeah. But I mean, the boy. And then nobody else had more than than five hundred. Like, so total yards. I mean, there's nobody close. Nobody I mean, close. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nobody. Well, uh, total yards actually. Chase is. Cl- oh, I guess one of the receivers. Chase was close, right? Chase was close, but he didn't come. He had twenty one rushing yards, so he he had fourteen seventy six. Najee Harris had almost seventeen hundred. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this earlier. I mean, Najee's average depth of target as a receiver, I think, will increase. I yes. mean, I, I'm it might have been certain. negative last year. It might have been negative. A lot at <laughs> and behind the line of scrimmage, and they're not all even screened. They were just dump-offs. Yeah. Do you think his reception total will change much? I don't think it changes a great deal. 74 is a lot of catches. That's a lot of catches. I mean, that's yeah. hard to do for a back, no matter what your age is. You know, I mean, 
Um, you think he'll be right around there again? I would guess right around yeah. that number. Um, it works. It, yeah. I think the degree of difficulty would be harder. Yeah, just uh, like I know. think his rushing total, I think his, his rushing attempts go down a little bit, but the, the total mm-hmm. yards is at or, or even a little bit better than what he had because I think he'll average more rushing yards yeah. per attempt. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll have – It's all about quality, not quantity. I think he'll have more quality touches. I mean, I there agree. was a lot that he's just running into the back of his linemen or against stack boxes or, you know, hey, third and eight, a three-yard catch where you get tackled, you know, and have no chance to get your feet moving isn't a successful play, even though, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's – you know, Football Outsiders does that stuff by – uh, down in distance, what's a successful play, what isn't. Just because you caught the ball and picked up four or five yards doesn't mean it's a, su- a successful play. I expect them to have more successful plays this year. And I think the other thing that they're overlooking is availability. Oh, yeah, right. Like the, taking the ball game after game after game and not missing time. Right. That, that to That's me, a skill. That's a trait yeah. for a running back. Like you could talk about, you know, and, and there was always right away the argument, well, Elijah Mitchell had almost as many rushing yards as Najee Harris. Okay, but he only lasted 11 games. Yeah, he yeah. was constantly nicked up. Yeah. Well, first off, that's a niner trait. Is right. We just want really fast guys that run into things really fast, you know. <laughs> and that's great, but you don't last very long doing that. Um, but I, Greg Cosell talks about this a ton. I mean, one of his big things he looks for in running backs, which to me is the best argument for Emmett Smith being the best running back of all, all time, which I don't think he is, but he's out there no matter what. Yeah. And I can count on him. And in the fourth quarter with his shoulder dislocated, you can still give it to Emmett, and he's going to close out the game. You know, like, that's a trait, and, and I very much believe Najee has it. Yeah, I absolutely agree as well. So, you know, to me, that that's worth that first-round pick. Again, I know the analytics say you don't do mm-hmm. it. Uh, I completely disagree with that. You, you have to factor in the human equation into analytics. The other factor for this team is I think I'm very cool with a team like the Jets who – traded up for Brees Hall to, quote, overspend on a running back in the draft if it's for a young quarterback. Yeah. And that pick was for this new quarterback. Right. It wasn't for it wasn't the old for the last one, yeah. Right. There's, I think there's a great sense of security for Trubisky or Pickett that they will gather with that guy behind them as opposed to Benny Snell or Eli Mitchell or whoever it would have been. You know what I mean? Right. Like. That safety blanket, to me, has a lot of value. That's why the Jets did that for Brees Hall. You know, let's make Zach's life as easy as possible. No, I, I agree completely. So uh, I, I, com- I, I disagree with the, with the theory that Najee Harris was the worst first-round draft pick. But I, don't even think that's, I think that's a little laughable of a statement. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, that's a clickbait thing. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. Guess what? We've got to take another break here because we've talked so long on this subject <laughs> first two, in the yeah, first right. two segments that we ran right up against the second or for hour one. That's going to do it for hour one of this special edition of The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with hour two right after this. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. Talk to you in just a moment.